We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome in to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing to the podcast. Uh, as you know, there are many ways to find the Sooner Sports Podcast. You can search iTunes, Oklahoma Sooner Podcast. If Art19, which is kind of cool, this is how I've started to listen to a lot of my podcasts, you can find the Art19 link by just searching uh, Oklahoma Sooner Podcast, Art19. It's really cool, easy way to download. Or you can simply go to Soonersports.tv slash podcast and Every single way that you could possibly consume podcasts is available at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. All right, so I'm kind of pumped about today's show. I mentioned a lot about the desire on this platform to shine the light on those behind the scenes. You know, we have had a lot of conversations with people like Kenny Mossman. We've had guys like Brad Camp on the show, uh, good conversations in the past with uh, Jeff Salmon, many of those who on game day you don't necessarily see as I think the term in like TV and radio is front facing eh, guys that don't necessarily have numbers on their uniform or are considered coaches, but guys that are integral to the success of the University of Oklahoma across all platforms. And I'm also thinking that a lot of the guys in Sooner Vision deserve some of the pub and the credit necessary for the amazing work that we see online, whether it's a hype video, whether it's a scene setter. So uh, today on the program, coming up in our second segment, it, do, we real, do we really have segments? 
Theron Smith is going to make his debut. He's a Tulsa guy, so he's near and dear to my heart, even if he is a Titan fan. He's been embedded with the OU basketball program for a majority of the season. So Theron Smith coming up a little bit later on in the program. And we are just days away from the start of the women's gymnastics season. So we will be joined by the one and only K.J. Kindler, Oklahoma back-to-back national championships, the return of Maggie Nichols, some incredible freshmen. So looking forward to K.J. Kindler being on with us later in the podcast. But as you might imagine, it is all about basketball right now with the excitement level that has been generated by one Trey Young. So with Theron coming up in just a bit, we'll kick things off on the game plan by welcoming in the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. And T-Row, I have consistently asked for reaction, questions, comments, response from the Sooner Nation for things they want us to get into. And my man Chuck Porter hit us up on Twitter at ch. P-I-V, I believe that's an I, and I'm getting all, I need to get reading glasses. But Chuck asks a very good question. And I love the idea that here we are in late, well, mid-January, and the excitement level is already for March. Here is Chuck's question. Would the best scenario for the Big 12 in seeding be for the tourney to have as many threes and four seeds so they would not potentially meet up until the regional final and not knock each other out early. What say you, Toby? Should we be rooting for the Big 12 to be around a bunch of three and four seats so they don't have to worry about knocking each other out until the regional finals? Well, they can't knock each other out early. There, there's a rule that teams from the same conference can't meet until the Sweet 16. Ah, there you go. It used to be the Elite Eight, and it still is. I think this is the rule, and I'll, I'll talk to Joe and confirm, but if you've only played twice – you can't meet till the Sweet 16. If you've played three times, so it would be a team that you then have already met in, like the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, you can't meet until the Elite Eight. So, uh, But at the very least, you can't play a team from your conference. Um, if you've played them twice, which everybody in the Big 12 would, right? You know, there could be a, a scenario where in the ACC, for example, two teams have only played once, and they could meet in the second round or so. But in the Big 12, they couldn't meet before at the very earliest, the Sweet 16. So I don't think, you know, what they're seeded really necessarily matters that much. How fun has this been, though? I mean, in all reality, if you think about it, and and this has been the constant theme, I, was, I, I mean, we care about Big 12 basketball. We care about Oklahoma basketball. And it's not just Trey Young. It's been incredible, Toby. This is a fun team to watch. This is a fun league to watch. I'm up late last night watching the end of TCU, Texas, and you can't turn it off because you're all in on it and you want to see what happens and everything that's surrounded Texas. This is this is a, an amazing year for Big 12 basketball. Yeah, each sport is uh, different and fun for, for its own reasons. One of the things I love most about college basketball is um, – you can almost, it feels like every night of the week, watch the other teams in the conference and kind of, you know, try to do the math. Who do, you, who do we need to win tonight and all that? Almost everybody plays on Saturday in college football. And with our job, we get to see very few of the other games, maybe a little here, a little there. But in basketball, while everybody plays on Saturday, right. you still might get an early game or a late game. But in the midweeks, you know, somebody's playing on a big Monday and maybe a couple of games on Tuesday and a couple of games on Wednesday and so it is fun to kind of sit back and watch the rest of the league, and it is it's good. I, I I don't know who the worst team in this league is. It might be Iowa State. They're winless right now, 
and I think they had like an eight or nine game win streak at one point this year. They beat Iowa. They're not terrible. So um, it's a really good league. And I don't know if I, I, I don't. So I'm not saying there's not, but right. we're going to have to wait and see if there's a final four team in this league. It's possible that West Virginia or Oklahoma or Kansas is. I think those are the three most likely candidates, but um, I think we're going to have to wait and let them play out a little bit more. And let's add to it, you mentioned that they they might be one of the worst, and that's such a harsh term to use, they might be the worst team in the league, yet they're pushing Kansas in Lawrence. Nobody's going to look forward to a trip to Ames and be like, ah, oh, we can relax. We got our little free space on the bingo board. There, there's no. I, I know it's an overused cliche, Toby, but this is one of those leagues where regardless of who you play, regardless of where you go, there's no bye weeks. There's no off nights yeah. in the Big 12. Kevin Henry calls them rocking chair games. There's no rocking chair games where you can just say, ah, we've got this one tonight. Um, so, yeah, no, it's right. It's not going to be easy Saturday. TCU is good, and now they're mad and desperate because they lost last night in double overtime. Uh, and then next week you've got to go to the Octagon of Doom, and I don't think they're uh, a conference contender, but, golly, Oklahoma hasn't won in Manhattan in a while. Right, and then they've got to go to Gallagher Iba, which uh, they have had success there. They lost last year, but they've played pretty well up there uh, of late. But that's going to be a crazy atmosphere. So, and then I think they got Kansas after that. So it's it's fun though. It's great every time out. It's a it's a hoot. I you know I want to see Kansas, and and see them in person, but I think there's a chance Oklahoma's the best team in this conference. Now. Whether they end first or not, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of close games where you got to make big shots in the last 30 seconds to win. <laughs> but I think there's a chance that they're the best team in this conference. Man, the excitement level is through the roof. There's already a sellout that's been announced for two more games, the Kansas State game, the Texas game already sold out. And, you know, as we tape this, there's less than 200 tickets left for the big Monday game with West Virginia. With the excitement of Trey Young, this entire schedule is going to sell out. Get your tickets now at Soonersports.com. Well, as I mentioned, I like to go behind the scenes on the Sooner Sports podcast, and we welcome into the show from Sooner Vision, uh, Theron Smith, who has been embedded for the most part with men's basketball this season. I, I dig Theron's story because of how he's climbed through the ranks. So, Theron, let's start there. Kind of take everyone through your path to get to where you are now, working full-time, covering the Sooners and under the watchful eye of our buddy Brandon Meyer. Man, it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I started as a student. I'm OU through and through. I grew up in Tulsa, uh, came down here for games all the time. And then, uh, fortunately, I started at Sooner Vision as a student and then moved on to freelancer after that and then ended up be, being hired full-time as a producer editor here. And uh, basically, we're assigned sports, and I was fortunate enough. Arch moved on. Uh, I think Jacob knows I love our men's basketball team. I love being around the squad. So uh, he kind of put me on the basketball beat, and it's kind of just taken off from there, man. It, it's a blast. I can't I can't think, you know, Brandon Meyer, Craig Moran, Jacob Potter working with my, my uh, busy basketball schedule enough, man. And then obviously Coach Kruger's staff and Mike Shepard coordinating everything. It's just been a blast. It's, it's been great. It's you know, I can't say enough about them. It's a family atmosphere for sure. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you know I'm I'm with you next week. So I'm going with you to Manhattan, and I'm going with you in what kind of a mini trip to Stillwater, but it's going to be fun. So with all that said and everything laid out, how special 
has this season been with the emergence? I mean, don't, we're going to talk a lot about this team throughout the process, but just with the emergence of Trey Young, everyone had heard about him in high school. He ends up walking on uh, walking on campus to a ton of hype, and he's lived up to it. There, and take me behind the scenes and what it's been like to see this develop. Yeah, it, it's been crazy. You know, like you know, you know, you're getting a a five star guy. You know, he's good at basketball. Right. Know? Like you know, he's going to be a stud, but. I don't think anyone quite expected what we're getting out of him. I mean, it started, you know, Ball State comes around, and it's his first game of the year. He drops 15, 7, pretty pedestrian to what we're used to now. But you're like, man, this kid's going to be pretty good. And then he just absolutely explodes at PK-80. And from there, you're like, okay, he can't possibly keep this up. And it seems like every night he just keeps topping what he did the night before. And it's incredible, man. And then, you know, and it's the guys around him, too. I mean – Christian James has benefited from it, obviously. Uh, you know, last night he was dropped 15 points on Tech, and he's been consistent all year. And But, man, the, the growth of this team, and it's amazing what the impact of one player can have on it. Yes, and w- the one thing that stood out to me is I, I you'd always heard about his shooting ability, and he can absolutely light it up from the outside. But the thing that's really caught my attention, Theron, is how he has been able to attack the rim. His – his confidence and kind of a warrior-like mentality, there's nothing that really uh, – that he seems to be afraid of. And I guess, to me, that's been one of the biggest surprises so far is just how confident he is in attacking the rim. We knew he can shoot, but, man, he's not afraid to take it to the hole. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right with that. It, it's incredible. And, you know, last night he gets off to the rough start, and you're like, man, maybe a kid in Big 12 play against the number 18 in the country will be phased somehow by that, but – no, he just takes off and he just keeps going and keeps trucking. And then the way that he comes off screens and his vision and defenses can't just simply take away his drive because he'll find a shooter and there's shooters all over the place. So when he gets going downhill, he knows how to draw contact. He's fifth in the country in free throw attempts. I mean, the dude is fearless. He'll he'll go at you and it's it's incredible to watch. And the one thing, he was on with us a couple of weeks ago from our Spotlight interview, but – you see him behind the scenes. You see him away from football – or basketball, excuse me. The one thing that seems to be pretty consistent is just how good of a kid he is. And, you know, sometimes in some sports you might have – and I've never had this experience at OU, but you hear about maybe there's a guy that can kind of separate himself. Maybe he feels like he's above certain things. That's not the case at all. Despite all this hype, Darren, you, you see – a pretty genuine, legit dude, a nice kid away from the the floor, don't you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's quiet, you know, in the locker room. He's a quiet kid. And, you know, there's there's juniors and seniors, you know, Christian James, Richard Odoms, Kadeem Blatt, and there's guys like that who are more of the vocal guys. And I think ultimately what makes him such a good kid is he's quiet. He know, like, you know, like, when you're that good, you know you're that good. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, like, but, like, he's quiet. He's not trying to steal the spotlight or anything like that. He, he's quiet in the locker room. He listens. He, you know, he really responds well to guys, and that's incredible for such a young kid. You know, sometimes you forget he's 19 years old, and man, he's he's everything he's crap, cracked up to be. Man, it's it's great. It's pretty fun too. How and uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how basketball embraces it. In other words. 
you know, you've got Theron Smith traveling everywhere. Sometimes the cameras can be a bother for people. They they want you in every aspect, don't they? There's another one like, all right, keep this guy out. Yeah. They they want that full exposure. And I think that's great. Yeah, and you know, you you don't get that very often. Right. I think it goes back to like I said with Coach Kruger and Michael Shepard, but Coach Kruger says, Man, I've been doing the same thing for thirty years. If you don't know what I'm doing yet, then <laughs> like you haven't been studying your film. So, uh, man, it's great. They're they're incredibly welcoming. And, you know, it's great when I get to go with them and travel with them. And now they're starting to get to know me and my face being around. So they're a little more open to the camera and they'll kind of get in its face, per se, and all that. But, man, it's a blast. Like, you know, growing up as a OU kid, I, like, this is a dream job, man. Right. I, I got my college and I got my dream job. So, like, I'm loving it and – you know, they, they have no problem. They let me basically do whatever I want with their videos, and it, it's awesome. That's cool. Uh, Theron Smith is hanging out with us. Theron is uh, at Sooner Vision. One of, now, do I, just, I, I don't want to minimize, but one of the producers at Sooner Vision, right? Uh, and yep. w- without a doubt, one of the more – and I'm not just saying this because you're on with me. One of the more creative dudes I've been around, he lives, eats, sleeps Sooner Sports when he's not rooting for the Tennessee Titans. But with, with, that, in <laughs> my, with that in mind, I, I do want to talk about this team because we talked about Trey. You started to touch on it a little bit, Theron. I love watching Trey Young. He's he's been maybe one of my favorite college basketball players to watch in a really long time. And I loved watching Buddy and I loved watching Blake, but there's something about Trey. With all that said, this team is pretty complete. I mean, you got a guy in Cam Augusty who has uh, it, it kind of embraced a new role. You mentioned Christian James coming alive. And I'll tell you what, Richard Odoms is probably one of the more underappreciated guys on this roster, underrated. And then what you get from Latin and McNeese, this is some incredible depth around a pretty special freshman. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, uh, Brady Manick would be the story just about anywhere else. You know, like, yeah, 28 in his first Bedlam game. And being an Oklahoma kid, you're like, wow, like – like, freshmen don't just come out and do that. But, yeah, it's incredible, you know. And Chris Beard touched on it last night in his postgame presser, but Rashard Odom is one of the most underrated players in the Big 12. And, you know, with the Thunder struggles right now, you look at the effect of not having Andre Robertson on the floor. When Rashard Odoms is in foul trouble, this team is a little bit different defensively. Right. When he's on the floor, he is a stopper. We'll put him on any guard in the league, and you know he's going to get the job done. And then you also touched on Cam. Uh, Cam was the guy last year, you know? Once Big 12 happened and Big 12 play started and all that, Cam was the guy. So you see him kind of progress into a new role, and he's starting to get it going a little bit. He wasn't on last night, but he's scoring double figures all but last night, I think, in Big 12 play. So you're right. This team's deep. I mean, you can put five different guys out there at a time, and you expect them to do well. Hey, uh, Darren, take us through, for fans that are listening, what you get. When you go on the road, in other words, what can they find on Soonersports.tv? You do a lot of the hype video. uh, You put together all the interviews. What can fans find whenever you're on the road uh, with this team on Soonersports.tv postgame-wise? Yeah, so basically going into every conference game from now on, you'll get a scene center from Toby. Nice. Um, That's kind of a big hitter, obviously. But, uh, yeah, before every game you'll get a scene center, and then – if Juan has a good message post game, you'll see that on Soonersports.tv. You'll see it on OU Basketball Twitter. Um, win or lose, honestly. I think after West Virginia, we put together a little yeah. quick locker room video. And then if, if we're fortunate enough to get a win, 
you're going to see a video turn the next day for sure. So I'll have a OU Tech video coming out at some point today. And then, that's kind of the, oh, the usual schedule. You'll get a scene setter. You'll get a scene setter. You'll get a quick post-game hit with all of our highlights and whatnot. And then you'll get a video the next day with all the stuff I shot. You can find it all at Soonersports.tv. Theron, two more quick things before I let you go. Uh, first of all, you went to the Rose Bowl. You got to go as a, as a fan. We ended up getting to hang a little bit. But what was that experience? Outside of the game, which was still something I can't get over, gut-wrenching a gut punch. But what was that experience yeah. like just being in Pasadena and seeing Oklahoma play in the Rose Bowl? It's special, man. I mean, like, that, that's about all there is to say. It's special. You, you drive up to that place and you realize how much history there is. And it's also special because, you know, the Big 12 was never affiliated with that game. So we'd only been once before in 02. So to go and to pull up and just see the stadium and see the Rose Bowl sign, and you realize you're in a special place. And, you know, obviously you want the game to turn out a little differently. But, man, you just want to talk about an incredible experience. Like, I, and I just chalk it up. I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm fortunate enough. And I'm not trying to sound braggy or anything like that. I'm very humbled by it what I get to do for a living and it, you know, just all the opportunities being an OU kid, but man, I really do. I try and soak everything in. I mean, it, it, it was great. It was just such an incredible experience. And then finally, we got to get to the draft, man. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Baker moving up draft boards, the draft down in Dallas this year. I mean, that that's like the next big thing that we've got to put on our to-do list. Yeah, for sure. And can we, can we talk, I mean, can we stop talking about Baker's size? Yes, like, thank you. Can we stop talking about that? <laughs> the dude can, I, I saw him out throw Marquise Brown in practice before the season started. You don't out throw that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, his size doesn't matter. That dude can sling it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, have, a, have fun at home this weekend uh, because I know you got a couple of road trips coming up. Keep up the great work. And, heck, maybe I should check myself before the draft. Maybe we'll be talking Final Fours or potential championships for this team because, as you've said throughout there, and this has the look of a pretty special bunch for Lon Kruger, doesn't it? Yeah, man, it's, it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun ride for sure, Plank. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. No, thanks for doing it, Theron. I appreciate you. Yeah, Theron's great. And the uh, one of the great things about Sooner Vision, and I've had obviously a, a cool firsthand look the last couple of years, is to see the passion that these incredibly creative minds have for putting forth the best product possible. You know, sometimes I think in any walk of life, we might have a, a project and you just get it done. It's like, oh, I got it done, and that's what's most important. But that's not acceptable with these men and women at Sooner Vision because they want the best for you, the Sooner fans, and they want the best to reflect on the University of Oklahoma. And to me, Darren Smith is front and center among them. So I appreciate him finding time for us. I'm sure we'll have some fun in Manhattan and Stillwater covering this team, as I'm sure you will as well. All right, uh, let's wrap things up by focusing on women's gymnastics. We had a chance to catch up with K.J. Kindler and talk a little bit about the excitement of the looming 2018 season. How are you doing, Coach? How's uh, this time of the year? I know you're excited. Kids getting back to school over the next couple of days and obviously right around the corner from a big road trip to Athens. Yeah, I mean, it's coming back from break. It's just been go, go, go. We've been preparing every single practice and 
you know, getting that chemistry together, practicing uh, pressure situations in the gym, and uh, getting ready for this big meet. You know, uh, before we look ahead, you can't help but look back. When when did you, and I think we talked about this a little bit, Coach, but when did you allow yourself to, to stop the celebration of the championship and move ahead to next year? It was pretty immediate, if I remember correctly, right? Weren't you on the road the next day? Yes. Yes, I was. Oh <laughs> I was. I went recruiting right out right out of the gate because, you know, you have to capitalize on those moments. But honestly, um, <clears throat> I think that first time you win in 2014, you know, we, we sat in the sunshine for a little while. <laughs> we were really feeling that. And that was, you know, a big, big moment for our program. Um, but what we did learn was that we need to, you know, keep on keeping on. So, um you know, we just we just got right back to it immediately, and I think our team, you know, had that same feeling. Like, you know, you got to earn it every single year. You know, you you return seventeen routines from your national championship squad. You lose though one of the greatest gymnasts, one of the most decorated gymnasts in program history. So, who do you rely on now for that veteran leadership? I know, obviously, with Maggie, she uh, she's just a sophomore, but obviously, well beyond her years. AJ is back. How important is that leadership for this team? We have four really great seniors, and in fact. I'm very excited about um, their leadership, as you mentioned. Uh, Sam is a leader by example, no doubt. And you don't see her on the competition floor very much, but she is our unsung heroine. She is um, that that athlete that's positive all the time, always in your corner, and everyone on our team respects her greatly. And then Stephanie and AJ are our leaders on the floor. Um, both seniors, uh, both had great careers thus far, and and AJ, obviously a crowd favorite. People always look forward to her floor routine in particular, but she's just a beast, you know, and they like to watch her compete. She's um, unbelievably fit and uh, a physical specimen like no other. So people are so excited, and she's, she's a great leader for us on the floor. And Natalie Brown, who is our emotional leader, she is um, she's the tears, the drama, the um, <laughs> excitement, the enthusiasm. She kind of gives gives us that little bit of edge. Take me through the process of deciding your lineup. What's that like? How much goes into the, uh, I don't want to say the debates, but at least the game planning coach and deciding who's going to lead, who's going to anchor. What's that process like for each event? Funny you bring that up. We we had a very long meeting yesterday, and, <laughs> and that's exactly what we were going over. Um, we do debate. We debate who should start, who should anchor, who should um, you know, every, the order is so incredibly important, and I know that sounds um, a little bit crazy, but but who goes second, third, fourth, it, it, it all works. It has to all work. So um, that first person is always someone who is mentally a king. You know, they can um, kill it on any given day, whether they have a cold, whether they, you know, their toe hurts, whatever, <laughs> you name it, they can kill it. So that's our first up always. Um, and our anchor is always going to be, again, a mentally strong person that can handle mistakes if they happen in front of her, who knows and, and believes and is so confident in herself that those things don't rattle her. So those two positions are extremely important. But in the middle, you also you want to kind of pepper your lineup. I, I use that word pepper because... Um, we have newcomers that are going to be in there, and you don't want to line them all up in a row, you know? You want to kind of put one in the second spot, one right. in the fourth spot. Yeah, and, and so we, we do think about it a great deal, more than we should probably, and, um, 
you know, but it does work. And, and I'll be honest, there's, there's times during the season that we pick a lineup and it never changes, which is, I would say, unusual for most teams. Um, but but they ha- it has to change if it needs to change, and, and we learn a lot as the season goes. And certainly we get into situations where, you know, someone can't, can't go this week, so we have to um, plug in another athlete. And we also try to exhibition. Um, as you said, we compete six people, but getting another person out there to compete um, is really important. So when you're watching our meets, that very last person whose score doesn't count, she's still getting valuable experience so that if she's put into the lineup, she she's ready for it. You know, the one thing I've learned the most about your sport coach is how different it is in the college ranks as opposed to whenever you're uh, at, at different levels because you're competing basically in the college uh game every single week and that's much Mm -hmm. different than what a majority of these gymnasts had growing up so with that in mind uh your depth helps but with Athens and Gainesville and Los Angeles Mm -hmm. uh how much do you think you're going to really test your depth early on and kind of use a lot of different student athletes here early yeah we're going to have to there's no doubt about it and I'll, I'll tell you that those places you just mentioned, that is a tough road schedule. And, and we had to sit home this weekend and watch those teams compete because most people started this past weekend. So we're getting a little bit of a dose of, of what's coming at us early on and uh, able to kind of kind of see what that looks like. Um, but we're going to have to use a lot of different people. We do look good now in our depth area. We have eight or nine people ready to go on every event. Um, our health looks good. Uh, Natalie Brown's going to be out a little bit at the beginning of the season, but she'll be right back in. So um, looking forward to her return. But in her absence, you know, that's a big beam spot that has to be taken. So a lot of people are going to have the opportunity to, to see what they can do there. Um, so we, we're going to be faced with those kind of situations all year long. And certainly we take into account our warm-ups even, um, if if warm-ups don't seem strong for someone, but someone else is really stepping up, we'll make that change if we need to. So you should see a lot of different faces competing early on here. It's Monday. I mean, it, it's less than a week away with George at Athens. That's 1 o'clock. Then you're back home for the Beauty and the Beast. You guys need to get tickets now, Soonersports.com, whenever Oklahoma takes on Iowa State and TWU. Uh, I'm curious, before I let you run, to talk about Anastasia Webb. Obviously, as a true freshman uh, Going to be a whole new world for her competing Division One, but she's used to it. She's competed with the best. What's your expectations of this true freshman coming in? Because from what I've heard, Coach, there's a lot of positive buzz around her. Yeah, she's she's going to be tested right away. You know, it's it's very possible you'll see her in the all around on Monday. Oh so, wow! Yeah, I know. So this is is someone who's going to get her feet wet, and we're going to see if she can swim. You know, so it it'll be exciting. But what you're going to love about her is. Gosh, she's just such a diligent young woman. She just pushes, pushes, wants to be better every single day. I love her attitude. Um, she never gets down in the dumps. She never gets down on herself. I love that about her. She bounces back. Uh, that's what I think I'm going to like about seeing her compete because mistakes happen when you compete. You have to be able to bounce back mentally, and I think I think she's got that quality. So we're looking forward to see what she can do for us. For us. We saw an inner squad, nine nines on every event from her. So, I mean, I see a bright future ahead, but she's, like I said, she's got to get her feet wet. <laughs> this is three huge meets in 11 days, Coach. It's I know. The, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. I don't know. Well, I'm assuming that we'd rather have them spread out. But do you like that idea of having things so tight here early on or no? Um, you know, 
we have a scheduling situation where um, the Pac-12 and the SEC have really tight uh, conference schedules. So gotcha. when we can get them, we take them. And if that means in a row, that means in a row. So that's kind of why that situation arose. But it, it will definitely prepare us for the future. I mean, we're going to have to be spot on right out of the gate. And we're going to have to, like I said, bounce back um, if we get into situations. So, And these are also great crowds. These places are going to have huge crowds. I know Georgia is sold out. I know that UCLA had over 8,000 this last weekend. So, I mean, we're we're looking at um, some really great environments to compete in. So we're looking forward to that. And, and yes, we'll definitely be tested. And, you know, I didn't look at it the way you did um, all those meets in 11 days, but okay. <laughs> okay. I love it. We'll I love it. it. Hey, it's not like you can't say, hey, we're not going there. I love it, Coach. Well, hey, listen, best of luck. We'll be talking to you after that win at Athens and that raucous atmosphere and look forward to selling the place out for the showdown against Iowa State. Thank you. We'd love to see everybody there. It has been an emotional week for women's gymnastics with the news about Maggie Nichols. It has been a uh, a week of celebration, I think, too, in support and saying, hey, we got your back. We're going to be here for you. And what an incredible person to lead this program in K.J. Kindler. We always appreciate her time. She'll be a regular with us throughout the season, as will Skip Johnson who will join us next week on the Sooner Sports Podcast, as will Coach Patty Gasso, JT Gasso, Melissa Lombardi, uh, whomever on that softball side of things wants to jump on with us. We'll be going all in on Diamond Sports over the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, thank you so much for downloading. Hey, remember, if you subscribe through iTunes, just do us a favor. Leave a review. Hopefully it's five stars. Leave a rating. Uh, I guess the rating would be five-star. The review would be something nice that you would write, like, man, that Chris Plank and Toby Rowland, they know how to put on a podcast. There you go. Cut and paste that, and we're good to go. And as always, thanks to all of our great sponsors, including Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. Thanks to Toby. Thanks to Theron. Thanks to Coach Kindler. We're back next week. Greg Tipton, question mark. Hopefully will join us. Toby will be back on the game plan. And Skip Johnson next week on the tailgate. Until then, everyone, have a great week. Enjoy Trey Young and this basketball team, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air.